0: Hey everyone, I'm Patrick Jones and welcome to episode 49 of That Gives Me Anxiety. Man, can we talk about how good it feels mentally, emotionally, physically to finally finish projects around your house? Ooh, hawk just went by. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yo, you see that Hulk? Nice. But yeah, Jamie and I finally finished staining the fence after sanding it. Just trying to get in every nook and cranny. But it's done. Can't get me anymore. I know I'm basking in the glow of completing something, you know? Even though there's a list of nine million other things to do. Just taking this time to pat myself on the back. (laughs) Because I need to do more of that. Uh, That's true. I don't know why I'm not... What am I not worth that time? You're witnessing my inner monologue right now. Ah, you're a jerk, Pat. No, Pat, be nice to yourself. (laughs) Well, I've got a great episode lined up. Today, our anxiety is caused by not being in control of our schedule. So times that you're visiting family or a bachelor bachelorette party, whatever it is, it can be daunting, right? You you need to... It's nice to know what's going to happen and when you can let your guard down a little bit and when someone else is dictating what you're supposed to be doing. It's also... It's also tough to set boundaries, let's be honest, and tell people no, because people get all whiny and not not everybody. All right. Settle down, Pat. Well, to help me out, I have Dr. Terry Bacow, who's a psychologist, and my friend Megan O'Malley. Megan has been on before. We did a, an episode on body toxins and the health industry trying to scare you. Go back and listen to that one. That one's a good one. They're all good. Alright, before we make our way to the interviews, I just want to remind you if you're liking the show to please remember to rate and review it. You can check the show out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube or YouTube. And if you're liking the show and you want to support it, you can make a donation through the link in the description. Just make a donation of any amount that you would feel comfortable with, and hey, that would be greatly appreciated. Well, alright, let's start talking about times that we're not in control of our schedule. As always, thank you so much for listening and enjoy. Joining me now on the podcast for the second time, I have the one and only Megan O'Malley. Megan, how are you doing?
1: Oh, hey, Pat. I'm doing good. How are you?
0: I'm wonderful. I love that. Like, oh, hey, Pat. (laughs) I didn't see you there.
1: Oh, (laughs) wow. Welcome to my living room.
0: (laughs) We, of course, know each other through the Pit People's Improv Theater uh, performance base, and we're on the same sketch group, National Scandal. And we also did an episode of this podcast, on uh, sort of like the health industry and, and stuff like that, which you're very into. But today, we're going to be talking about when you're not in control of your schedule. I don't know why I said that so ominously. But you should. You should. Yeah. scary. <laughs> it's <laughs> daunting. And, and I want to give you credit. This was your idea. I had sent an email out to a bunch of people that I respect and, and enjoy working with. And uh, I was like, you know, what are some things that give you anxiety? And and you came back with this. So I'm curious, you know, why was this your answer?
1: Well, I think back to what has caused panic attacks in me. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it really goes back to not having control of my schedule or having a say. And these are things that are so simple. It's so simple to not have this be a problem. Mm-hmm. But then we just decide not to communicate with each other, right? And what so- if I don't
0: talk about this and I make it worse inside my own mind?
1: Yeah. And then those people are usually like, oh, you just got to like pivot and change. And you're like, no, <laughs> right. I'm, I'll pivot and change when like natural disasters happen. I'm not dead. And- yeah. <laughs> when I'm dead, then you can pivot and change me. But not when it's something that that could have been avoided
0: mm-hmm. yeah. by
1: having a discussion or sending a text.
0: Right. Do you have a, a for instance, a, of a time you were particularly, just to give people an example of, of oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, a time that you felt anxious?
1: Bachelor party uh, for a uh, dear, dear friend. And you know what, here's the thing, it was fun. It was a fun time, but not knowing what we were gonna be doing next, which that's have an itinerary. Usually when I would go away with these people, a lot of them I knew from working in hospitality. So mm-hmm. there's always an event planner in the group. Yeah. um who has an itinerary for stuff and you're just like, "Wow, this is jam-packed." But I appreciate the jam-packed schedule more than uh, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll do this at some point." And you're just like,
0: ah, "What well, what, it, what is it about that? Because you're an improviser, you know. You you and generally You as a person, when you're just like in your element, like in Brooklyn, I feel like you can see where the day takes you. So why is it? Is it that you could just go home at any time?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm still I still yeah, I get to go home. But when you're away with people, you you don't have your own space, Mm -hmm. right? So if you get an opportunity to get a nap in or get an opportunity just to sit by yourself, it's nice to know how much time you have.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: instead of being woken up by a nap and being told that you were leaving in five minutes for dinner. (laughs) (laughs) And then when you got to dinner, they all just took the menus away from you and then just ordered for the table without telling you what was coming. And then then after eating and just being like, I just wanted a meal. I didn't, I just wanted to eat. I didn't know this was all going to be shared. Yeah. oh
0: man that's that's kind of presumptuous
1: yeah i went to the bathroom i was like let me get my breath let me do this let me get myself together and then i just didn't leave the bathroom and then my friend was like "Uh, are you (laughs) you okay because we all feel like you're not okay i was like not (laughs) not (laughs) Not okay and then (laughs) then i did get to go back to the house for a little bit
0: nice well i definitely i definitely understand that that feeling like you know, I moved away from New York and, and now whenever I go back to visit my parents or, you know, just for whatever reason, visiting Jamie's family, it's like through no fault of our families, you just feel as though your time is in someone else's hands, right? I was, I was struggling to come together with how to say that, but it's like, you're just at their mercy, I almost want to say, right? Like you just, well, we scheduled you to go to this and this the house to like say hello to this cousin. And it's like, it's great, but it's also, yeah. it's a lot. And so the anxiety starts to build. I mean, I look forward to these visits so much because I, I love all my family, but also at the same time, it's like, holy shit. I I got to get, get a nap to gear up like for all the small talk you have to do.
2: And <laughs> it's
1: not malicious nothing about it is malicious and you're just like you're just like i just i just need you to understand my time (laughs) you know yeah uh just ask that's it mm -hmm. just Mm -hmm. ask hey would you be okay seeing your cousin from the sense they they have that open in their schedules oh great
0: and it's not, it's, it's like, I don't live in heaven. I live in South Carolina. You know, it's like, if we don't get it this time, we can, there'll be more chances.
1: Yeah. Honestly, this happened the other day. I was at my parents' house and uh, my aunt calls in and my mom keeps, she's like, be quiet,
2: be quiet.
1: And I was like, why do I have to be quiet? <laughs> and she was like, she's like, your aunt doesn't know that you're here. And I was like, that shouldn't matter. Like, I, yeah. she lives. Like a few blocks away, I was like, it's okay for me to come here and then go home without seeing people. I live in Brooklyn. We're 30 minutes away from right. each other. It's that's yeah, it's fine.
0: Yeah. Oh man, that's hilarious. I didn't tell your aunt.
1: <laughs> yeah. I was like, why are we always having secrets? <laughs> that, yeah. And it's not good secrets. No. Either. <laughs> like if they were good, that would make sense.
0: Right. The other thing. Is that there's this impulse that like visits have to be these like epic things. These, we have to like have all the beers. I mean, sure. I like having beers, but like that, that can't be like the end all be all. It's like every trip has to be this like 12 out of 10. Let's go crazy. And it's like, no, that's oh my gosh. I'm so tired.
1: Now I have a question for you. Yeah, you feel that this is because of the pandemic that now everybody's like, we need to make all the moments really impactful?
0: You know what? I didn't even consider that, but that absolutely has to be part of it. And I think it's just like the distance, right? It's like, you know, it's a short flight, very long drive, <laughs> but still it, we could be further. And and it's just like, well, we got to make all these memories because I'm used to seeing you you know, seven times a year now, I'm seeing you twice. So it's a little, oh, hold on, my mic is, oh, I touched the cord and the cord yelled at me. Yeah, <laughs> the, touch the, cord the cord is my my master. <laughs> <laughs> but for the, for the listeners, I also interviewed Dr. Terry Bacow, who is a therapist and uh, works a lot with people who struggle with the idea of being out of control, whether it be a, a schedule or, or whatever, because anxiety and control are pretty well <laughs> intertwined. And uh, yeah, I think it's a good time to go to our first clip with Terry. Can we talk? I know you've got a lot on your plate. You've got work, you've got friends, you've got family, pets. You've got the people that you make small talk with at the coffee shop or gym. You've got that bird that you see when you wake up every morning outside your window that you've projected things onto. Look at that bird. Doesn't even love its family, it's always by itself. You do that, everyone does that. Point is, you've got a lot on your plate. Well, that's why there's Instacart, to take a little bit off your plate. Using Instacart, you search for all your favorite foods and things that you need from the grocery store, all online. All while you're looking at that bird, wondering why it hasn't called its mom. And they deliver it to you. They go to the store and do the shopping for you. And they can deliver it in as fast as an hour. And you can sign up by clicking the link in the description, wherever you're listening or watching. And that's a great way of supporting the show. So it's a great way of supporting this show. It's a great way to make your life a little bit easier. Because we all know that you have so much going on. Like wondering whether that bird judges you back. Joining me now on the podcast, I have Dr. Terry Bacow, who's a clinical psychologist with a private practice in New York City, and is the author of Goodbye Anxiety, a guided journal for overcoming worry. Terry, thank you so much for joining.
3: Thank you for having me.
0: Yeah, as as a former New Yorker, I'm curious to hear, where are you based in New York?
3: I am at the Upper West Side, Great Neighborhood.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just having access to Central Park is is phenomenal. And the West Side like jogging trail is, is so nice. Yeah, that's a great spot.
3: We really like it. It's convenient.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So today uh, we're gonna be talking about times that we feel like we're not in control of our schedule and the anxiety that that can cause. But before we get there, I'd love to give you the opportunity to introduce yourself to the listeners.
3: Sure. Well, I think this is, when you told me about this topic, I thought this is perfect. It's such a universal experience, you know, when we have a situation that we're not, you know, comfortable or familiar with, such as when we go on vacation or we go away for the weekend or with a group of people, then it's kind of not easy always to stick to a schedule. So I think this is like a really relatable topic.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And what what made you want to become a, a psychologist?
3: Great question. Mm-hmm. I hate to sound cheesy, so you that's okay. To it sound to cheesy? Me.
0: I say corny uh, things all the time on here. Well,
3: yeah. I, really, I would. I, I want to say I was a shy kid when I was younger. I think I was kind of shy, and I really wanted to help other people with their shyness or with their own anxiety. Mm-hmm. So i my best to do that.
0: That's great. Yeah. Given Because you know, right? When you know what it's like, you can, I, that's why I started this podcast. I'm, I'm I'm not in the position that you are. I'm not a psychologist. I'm just, I'm a journalist and, and still I'm trying to use my abilities as a journalist to help people because I, I know what it's like to be anxious and depressed and it's awful. So yeah, I completely understand that motivation. Uh, yeah, that's a wonderful thing. So let's talk about Oftentimes when I interview people who are psychologists, they'll say that anxiety is a lot about control. Can you Mm -hmm. explain the relationship between control and anxiety a little bit?
3: Absolutely. So I think, you know, it certainly depends on the kind of anxiety you have, but when you have generalized anxiety in particular, there's a wish for control. There's a wish to know what to expect, to have a routine, to have things be familiar, to have things be comfortable, to not enjoy being outside of your comfort zone. And so control and anxiety are almost um, interrelated in that way. They're so intertwined since anxious people prefer to be in control. And we say we all prefer to be in control. But particularly those of us with anxiety, we particularly prefer it. And we really don't like it when things don't go according to plan or things are unexpected. Or we have to be uncomfortable or you know, having to deal with an unexpected circumstance, which is not not so great. mm mm-hmm. So I think that the two things are really related and the reality is that life is unpredictable and uncontrollable. So this is something that we have to struggle with on and, and an ongoing basis.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just using the example of like a wedding where I've been anxious going to a wedding because it's like, I don't know, are there going to be too many people? Am I going to have to do too much small talk, right? You start to become and imagine all of these scenarios in which you'll be uncomfortable and outside of your, your norm. So it's like, yeah, it's just so much easier to know, right? Like I'm going to go to work or, and this is going to happen. And that's going to happen. Yeah. The unexpected becomes a lot. So What do you think people can who are anxious about being, you know, pushed outside of their comfort zone? Let's say it's a a weekend with friends, like you mentioned, or a wedding or a bachelor party or a bachelor, whatever it is, right? Where you're not in control of your everyday movement. How can you help yourself be a little bit more comfortable in that and when those unexpected curves come?
3: Of course. You know, one big part of control is certainty and uncertainty. Mm-hmm. So I think that one of the things that people with anxiety are particularly allergic to is uncertainty, mm-hmm. which is not knowing what's going to happen and not knowing what to expect. And I think maybe one of the reasons that might have been tricky for you is that you probably prefer the plan. You probably prefer to know what's going to happen. And there may be an element where you think not knowing what's going to happen means bad things are going to happen. When right not a case you know we can't predict the future we don't have a crystal ball so I think the first step is to kind of remember just because we don't know doesn't mean it's going to be back I think that's a really important part of that really yeah
2: important.
3: and then the other there's a few other suggestions I have the 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 concept the notion of acceptance mm-hmm. and what acceptance is it's not necessarily approval you don't have to like it but the substance is embracing the fact that you're not going to like it and being okay with that. So I, I sometimes tell my clients, this might again be a bit cliche, but the kind of concept of vacancy you make it, because it's almost like you need to trick yourself and tell yourself, I'm a flexible person. I'm going to be <laughs> in this situation. You almost have to kind of lie to yourself a little bit or kind of set a goal to accept the fact that these facts about yourself and to try to be a little bit more flexible and to remember people like it when other people are flexible so you're going to try your best, that's all you could do. And then beyond that, you know, I think there's an element when we're not in control where we do something called catastrophizing. Of
2: mm-hmm.
3: a catastrophizing is, is, we say, this is going to be going back to the uncertainty. And so this is where self-talk comes in. You talk to yourself and you say, I have to go to this wedding. And it's so far across the country. I remember once I went to a wedding in Palm Springs that I did not want to go to.
2: Mm.
3: It's short-lived. It's temporary. You know, use coping statements to kind of assure yourself it's going to be okay. It's going to be a couple of days and I will be able to handle it. I will be able to cope. Sometimes it's good to kind of try to make a plan to cope ahead. If I'm uncomfortable in this situation, if I have to be at this wedding with people I don't know, I'm going to find two people to talk to that I have things in common with, the kind of set of goals for how you're going to cope. I think then lastly, to kind of keep in mind that discomfort is something that we are familiar with. You know, We tend to catastrophize discomfort. We tend to think being uncomfortable is the worst, but really, discomfort is something that we do on a daily basis and we can and the will handle that. We've done it before. We can do it again.
0: Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I love the idea of, of planning ahead, how you're going to cope. It leads me to another question. I always like asking this. Let's say someone does everything right. right? They, they plan as much as they can. They start talking to themselves and, and trying to figure out if I am uncomfortable, I'll do this. Let's say worst case scenario, and, and they're having almost like a, a meltdown in this moment, they're they're wherever you want to place them. What are some things that people can do to, to help themselves? Worst case scenario, you know, they're just, the anxiety is winning at the current moment.
3: Sure. So I happen to be a really big fan of something called self-compassion.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And I could talk for a minute about the science of self-compassion, which is when we are stressed, and then we criticize ourselves for being stressed. Our bodies release cortisol, which is a stress hormone. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times in these moments we're having these meltdowns, we're upset and we're also upset about the fact that we are so upset. Like, Why am I so upset? Why am I having this panic attack? So it's really important to be kind to yourself. When you are kind to yourself, when you say, I'm going to be really nice to myself right now, The body that releases oxycontin and endorphin, which are feel good chemicals. So, if you're at this wedding, you're kind of melting down, I can't do this. To kind of take a moment to stop and to be kind to yourself, to say to yourself, This is a moment of suffering. Everyone feels this way at times. Mm What do I need to do for myself right now to get through this moment? Do I need to do a breathing exercise? Do I need to maybe momentarily leave the situation and come back? Do I need to make a phone call? Like you could pretend you're a survivor. You need to make, no, I'm sorry, one of those game shows where you make a call. Yeah. You the a lifeline, but to kind of think about what you need in that moment to get through. it.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Right. Whether it's also taking another look in the mirror and realizing you look great in your wedding outfit. Right. You know, there's a little confidence there. You're outside of your ordinary dress. Right. And that's kind of fun. (laughs) One of the main things that jumped out at me from this clip was uncomfortable is scary. And and it's just like it makes so much sense. And it's like but it's like not often acknowledged, like just how scary being uncomfortable can be
1: yeah nobody that's why everyone's on their phones yeah (laughs) all the time like if you want to look like a crazy person and like the suspect of the room sit in a room full of people all on phones and don't be on your phone just sit there yeah and just just be calm and that sets everybody off you will guaranteed get a look from everybody at one point
0: it's you're i I, i'm imagining this situation and my thought is either that person's a serial killer or an fbi agent right like those are the options (laughs) or me (laughs) (laughs) are you able to do that
1: yeah i do it on the train sometimes because it's like i don't want to be on my phone either it's Mm -hmm. like crime's up you got to be aware so Mm -hmm. i try if i'm on the train i'll either read or sit there but that's if i can stare up the window if we're more above ground
0: right underground it's just it's With haunting. These,
1: yeah there's only so many times you can read the same ad that's in front of you <laughs> yeah. and then and then read the other one that's in spanish and then mm. see how much of the spanish that you still remember and then be like wow that's wow. great yeah and then be like "Shit, there's nothing else to read
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah absolutely well one of the one of the things that Terry that said that stuck out to me was that we can work on giving up control because we do things that are uncomfortable every day. And so I guess it's like acknowledging the discomfort and giving ourselves credit to be like, oh, we can handle this. I'm curious your thoughts on that.
1: Well, in a sense, it's like you are giving up control, but you're still in control. See, so that's mm. that's where like I'll I'll slightly argue with the doctor about it um, because mm. what she's saying is right. Yes, you have to learn, but you're still in control of giving up control. Like sometimes I'll like I try to journal in the morning.
0: Uh-huh.
1: I didn't today. I went rogue. <laughs> well, you're gonna you're be
0: like, on a podcast. That is yeah, what this is. <laughs> just
1: gonna just gonna do open therapy for everybody. Um, no, but like even like yeah writing out what you're gonna do that day. And then if you see a challenge, write out the possibilities of how you can get around it. That's a way of taking care of the possible anxiety that's gonna happen later, but you are still in control.
0: That's a great, yeah. You, you really are just like spinning it on its head. It's like, I know it's coming. Yeah. So, and, and here are some possible fixes. So what am I worried about?
2: It's going <laughs>
1: you know? in with like a bunch of plants. <laughs> you know what? I guess this is kind of related, it makes me laugh. All right. So a friend of ours, Adrian Sexton, I went to my first protest with her and her boyfriend, and he told me that being at a protest, you're like you're like a rabbit in a hole, right? You got to know where all your exits are. And I kind of apply that to life know where your exits are not to actually have to leave Mm -hmm. but to possibly leave a bad situation how could you get out of this in a healthy way without setting yourself off and making you feel like you're not validated
0: wow i love that what a wise man yeah (laughs) that's pretty
1: cool dude they're still together
0: oh nice and the the other thing is also you know you're describing like physical exits, but I also feel like okay, if I get anxious, I could go to a coffee shop and ha- have a water and sit there for a few minutes until I calm down and then walk home right it's it's yeah. It's not just like the physical exits, it's like how do I down regulate a bit mm-hmm.
1: It's exiting the situation
0: right, right, like yeah. you did with the bathroom at uh yeah Oh, I tried. <laughs>
1: God, and the food was so good too. Actually, it was in Charleston.
0: Was it? Do you remember yeah. where the restaurant was? No, 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 no. What a I, well, uh, I'm so a, lot sad. Of, a lot
1: of that panic attack just blocked yeah.
2: everything. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, y'all come back now. I, I, I hope you you give us another shot here because it's a uh, it's a little slice of of heaven.
1: What I remember, it was beautiful.
0: Yeah. That's great. Well, this also what we were just describing kind of leans into what Terry was saying about in a worst case scenario, when I asked her about, let's say you're having a meltdown and you've done everything right up to that point and the meltdown still comes and it's kind of like, be nice to yourself and, and take a moment, you know, find a a quiet space. You seem to be very good at being kind to yourself. Just like being your friend for years. I feel like I've, I've watched you like work on that. Talk to me a little bit about your efforts to to be nicer yourself and, and, you know, because that's so hard.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, not everything's your fault, you know? So if it's other people's responsibility, I mean, there's only so much you can put on yourself that it's like, well, I don't know. (laughs) I'm not answering the question is what (laughs) I... <laughs> avoidance <it>. that's yeah. <laughs> how you are nice to yourself i don't know you know you just you read so many of these self help books and some of them are so dumb some of them are so dumb and you're like you're so out of touch but there's like wording and phrasing that keep coming up and you're like well if all these people from different backgrounds can agree on certain things then there's got to be truth in it so mm-hmm. Slowly apply so you don't scream all the time, right? Because that's also, <laughs> God, stress is aging. Okay? Yeah. And I cannot have those lines in Hollywood. Are, <laughs> I don't know what age I would be cast for, to be honest, because I don't understand aging.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I think I've been the same for 20 years, probably.
0: Well, that's good.
1: Yeah, for me. Sucks for everybody else. People get mad. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry.
0: Yeah. Well, it's there's also like, we're so, it takes a long time to get to the point where you can be like, start being nice to yourself. But once you start doing it, it feels good, right? It feels, it's, yeah. It's like discovering sweatpants. Like I was so against them, but like the pandemic- got them on my body and now they may never leave, right? It's just, it feels nice to, to have that ele- elastic on me. Same thing with like being nice to yourself. You put that on that pair of sweatpants and, and it feels good. And then you just slowly be like, oh, I, I could have been doing this this whole time. What, what was I wasting my time on? On not being nice to myself.
1: Yeah, there's things, that, it's so easy. I remember in my early twenties, things that I liked and stuff like that, people would kind of get on me little bit for you know being a happy person or wanting to do this thing it's like yeah but that's that's my thing that i want to do so then you conform a little bit and you lose yourself and then over time you're like actually i did like that thing and that person i still like them but they're stupid (laughs) you know (laughs) i don't like the things that they do and they don't take what i say into consideration so who are they to be walking around to tell me what i can and cannot do
0: Absolutely. I mean, that was a big shift from 20s to 30s for me, where it was just like. Yeah, I, I don't know why. I, I mean, I guess it's just like going along with people you've been friends with and and you may be changing and, and they're going growing in different ways and nobody's wrong and it's OK.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, here's it's so funny because I don't talk about this. So it's funny that I'm going to be talking about this on a podcast. Yes. Okay, here we go. So I stopped <laughs> drinking in January of 2021. Nice. I don't make a big deal about it because I did that for me, right? Yeah. But I do have friends. I, some of my friendships, we've had to have conversations where they're like, but you're not here anymore. And I'm like, yeah, you're not going to find me at the bar. That's it. But you're still going to find me. We're mm-hmm. just going to see each other less. And we have to work on the friendship. And it's just like having to remind people we can have different things. Right. Yeah, because I like going to sleep at a reasonable time.
0: That's great. I'm, I'm so happy for you. That I Thanks. mean, it's something that I've flirted with and tried a few times and, and not been as successful as I would have hoped. But that's okay. I, I'm going to be nice to myself about it.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It takes work. It yes. takes a lot of work. It probably took me like three years. Because that was one from bartending, so complete mm-hmm. nightlife to having to stop and become a morning person and confuse everybody that loves me.
0: <laughs> Keep them guessing.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> well, great. Let's go to the second clip with Terry. We're we're going to be talking about setting boundaries and taking boundary setting personally. Another aspect of this is. A lot of times, is the pressure to do everything that the group is doing. Can we talk a little bit about setting boundaries? I mean, it, just the idea of setting boundaries with friends and family, you know, sends the uh, the anxiety off off a bridge. But yeah, uh, just generally speaking, how do you start setting boundaries and and, and knowing? and expressing that like, you don't have to put yourself in, in ev- have to do everything that other people expect of you.
3: I love that question. I think that is such a great question. I think it's such a relatable one.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And so many of my clients talk to me about this exact thing. So the first thing is that I think setting boundaries is so important. But again, to use the word allergic, a lot of us are allergic to them, we're afraid of them. Because we mm-hmm. think that if we set the boundary we're going to disappoint someone, they're going to be upset with us and they're going to think we don't have the right to set them or that you know someone's going to be angry with us. There's a lot of kind of notions and beliefs we have about boundary setting. Yeah. And we sometimes feel like we don't have the skill set. We don't have the ability to be assertive. So there's a lot of obstacles. So I try to talk to my clients with these obstacles and I try to reframe first, you have the right to set the boundary. You have the right, just as anyone else, to have your needs met and your needs are not less important than others' needs and other people's needs are not more important than your own so i try to kind of communicate that you absolutely have the right to do this and also to educate folks that people actually respect by the when you set them you know mm. i think there's this
2: notion
3: that when you set a boundary, someone could have such an outside reaction, they're going to reject the boundary. But without boundaries, people don't know to stop behaving badly. They don't know. So, by setting a boundary, you're educating the people in your life this is okay, this is not okay, this is what I want, this is what I don't want. Mm-hmm. And almost always, when we set boundaries, people do respect them. They do. There might be a little bit of pushback, a little bit of whining, you know. But then, ultimately, sure, I respect the boundary. So, with group situation, like you said, you don't have to do everything the group is doing. You do not have to suffer. So, if there is an activity that the group is doing that you don't want to do, you really don't have to do it. So, the example that would like to give is hiking. I am not really an outdoorsy person. I do live in Manhattan, and I did not, I like being at the beach, but if someone were to invite me to hike, I would, that would be a hard no for me. I would really <laughs> not want to hike at all.
2: So,
3: mm-hmm. I remember being on the trip where everybody went hiking and I just didn't go. Mm. Good for you. Yeah, it was great. Have a and great you, time. See
0: you you didn't have a miserable day.
3: <laughs> it was amazing. It yeah. was fantastic. So, <laughs> Don't be afraid to say no. Don't be afraid to say, you know what? I'm going to set this one out. You guys go and have a good time. I'm going to see you this time.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, I love that. Well, it also feels that some people take a, a boundary being set, like, super personally. You know, yeah. have, have you noticed that? Like, what, what do you think is going on with that? And, and how could we be better at hearing when people are setting boundaries and not taking it personally, because it's, it, it's not, it's not about you, it's about them.
3: Absolutely. It's the a thing to keep in mind that if someone does take it personally, it's okay. It's not your problem, it's not your problem, it's not our problem that this other person is having this reaction. Mm-hmm. You know, they are entitled to have feelings. Those feelings might not be justified or warranted. You know, people tend to overreact. But that doesn't mean we had to bend over backwards to accommodate.
0: Yeah, that's a, that's a very good reminder. And what about this need to, if I don't do everything that, that they want, they won't like me? Hmm. You know, I'm sure that's a fear that a lot of people have. I've definitely done things that I didn't want to do because I wanted to seem like you even mentioned before, be, being seen as being flexible means that, People like that trait, right? And so I'll be liked, <laughs> and we want to feel the warm glow of being liked. Uh, but so how can we handle that?
3: Absolutely. When I was talking about flexibility earlier, I meant to like maybe try to step aside your comfort zone a little bit, but not to the point that you're putting yourself at risk. You know, where you right, right, right. There's limits the flexibility. That you, know, you want to try to like go with the flow a little bit, but if there's something you actually adamantly don't want to do. I would really recommend that you not do it. You know, unless it's a phobia and but I don't want to get any attention. <laughs> to the point about being like, I always tell my client, not everyone is going to like you. We can't force everyone to like us. Sometimes we have to tolerate being disliked.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And it's not a really good feeling. It's not a really good feeling. Many of us are people pleasers mm-hmm. and we want to please Everyone, but that's freedom. It's a fruitless exercise because you cannot make everyone happy all of the time. But the other thing is a lot of times we're afraid we're not going to be liked, we are catastrophizing, we're jumping to conclusions, we're making assumptions that if I don't do this, so-and-so is not going to like me. You can't read minds. You don't know that you're going to be disliked in that situation. It could mm-hmm. be that maybe someone would be a little bit disappointed. They wanted you to do the thing but they will also be okay with it if you don't do the thing.
0: Right, right. Even if they make a remark or a joke, it's like, it's because they probably wanted you to do it and they wanted you to be there, but it's not like the end of the world. I always look at it like the other side, right? Where we're super hard on ourselves, right? I always look at the other side where we're super hard on ourselves, but if the roles were reversed, we probably wouldn't have been... As mean as we're thinking the other person is going to be to us, right?
3: Yes, that is a really good point. You know, a lot of times I have clients with social anxiety, and uh, we always talk about the fear of negative evaluation and the fact that other people are not as harsh or as judgmental as we think they're going to be. There's a lot of projection going on, you know, a lot of concern I'm going to be judged harshly in this situation. And I do think most people are fundamentally nice. You know, not everyone, but many of us are. Yeah. And so <laughs> you know, we're not really always gonna get judged so harshly.
0: Absolutely. Let's say someone's struggling with with setting boundaries, right? And they have they wanna it, it's i I'm having a I'm having an issue forming the question as as you can hear me fumbling through it, but where is the line? that you think somebody should go see someone such as yourself when they're struggling to, maybe they're just stepping away from social events or avoiding certain things. When is a good time for someone to come speak to someone such as yourself?
3: Great question. And I think the kind of moment to do that would be when the anxiety starts interfering in your life, when and maybe even in the daily basis, it's impacting you in some way when you are canceling plans. When you are experiencing distress, you know, maybe that's not always proportional to the situation, Mm. but it's really the point where it's kind of impacting the life and get a good way in a noticeable way that it's a good moment to talk to a psychologist.
0: Yeah, that's great. I mean, you shouldn't let anxiety control your life. Yeah, that's because I'm, I'm sure, I mean, most people who come to see a psychologist report an improvement in their, in their experiences, right? It's a, it's, it's it's something that's kind of known that you can help people.
3: Yes, I I do think so.
0: (laughs) Yes, absolutely. So it's good. I always like to remind people that, you know, the help is out there, but there are people that know what they're talking about. And, 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 and so they shouldn't have to white knuckle their way through life, right? That there are things that are things and people that are out there to help them. Absolutely. Yeah,
3: I think the suffering can overbeat You know, if suffering can be avoided, it should be. So I always say to people, don't be a hero.
0: <laughs> that's a great bumper sticker.
3: <laughs> I should I should do something with that.
0: Yeah, at least on a mug or something. That, that's got potential. I won't steal that from you. That's all you. <laughs> Today's episode is sponsored by My Software Tutor. Can Excel be my friend? Do you want a new friend? Thinking about making new friends both makes me excited and sad. So it, it can be hard to make friends as you get older. And so I feel like sometimes you get surrounded by people. It's like, yeah, I, I guess we're friends. But also if you truly connect with someone, you can make new friends as as, a, as an adult. On both sides of the fence here. <laughs> so Excel can be your friend. Or it could be surrounding you. That's just probably because you don't know it that well. Many people i have deviated so far from the copy. Let me get back to it. Can Excel be my friend? Many people have wondered this for years. The answer is, yes, it can. That was so much shorter than where I was going with it. All right, let's talk about My Software Tutor. They offer three levels of real-time Zoom-based courses with a live instructor. They all deliver practical, functional business skills in a friendly, supportive environment. That sounds nice. I mean, it could be so daunting to learn... Excel or make friends. These courses will increase your marketability, whether you're an employee, job seeker, consultant, or contractor. That sounds pretty good. Register at mysoftwaretutor.com and use the promo code POD20 to save, and use the promo code POD20 to save 20% off all re, 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 registrations. <laughs> So we touched on this in our in our opening about boundary setting and and how important it is to just like have that communication. And I don't know why that's like a light bulb thing, but it wasn't clear in like 20s, Pat, that like you could set boundaries. It was just like, shut up, Pat, and, and go with the flow because I wanted to be liked. You know, it's just like so much heaviness to just do what other people want you to do or be who you think you're supposed to be uh man and that is so heavy
1: yeah I mean we're also really lucky to be living now in a time where setting boundaries is trendy you know (laughs) like if you set boundaries people are like hey that was really good that was great you set your boundaries because sometimes it's annoying when people set boundaries because you're like Heck, I have to, I have to respect that. Yeah. <laughs> they don't, I don't want to, but yes, you are telling me, okay. So they're not always fun, but, but now we're allowed to, but like yeah. five years ago, if you said I need to set my boundaries, how many eyes would be rolling?
0: So many. I, I think eyes haven't rolled back from the amount of eyes that have rolled <laughs> towards the back of the head. from People hearing that five years ago.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I love it. And it's, I mean, it's so important. And if anybody ever gets mad at you, that's a, that's on them. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, okay, you don't have to like my boundaries. I just need you to respect them. And if you don't yeah. want to respect them, what is it about you that makes you not? Because that's, that's also a choice. And people don't just do things out of nowhere.
0: right? Right. Yeah. That's another thing that Terry said about, you know, it is not about you if you're setting a boundary and and it's not respected, but that's also admittedly it's, it can be difficult when someone like the, I, I have this anxiety about setting a boundary and having, you know, the pushback and I do understand right on paper that that's about the other person, but it's still a bit daunting to, know that you're going to get this pushback, right? The pushback feels bad. And and I don't know, maybe it's just ingrained in me to go with the flow somehow in in my head, but it it's difficult. It is difficult to to overcome.
1: Yeah. I and mean, it's all new.
0: Yeah. <laughs> no, that's a good point. It is. It's a completely new thought process that like I'm glad is, I, I wish it was always a, a, a part of, how we talk to each other yeah Um, but yeah I guess I'm still settling in
1: yeah it's like I don't know we're geriatric millennials so we're in that generation that's left behind and forgotten about which I think is hysterical that that's how we are defined and it's like we're (laughs) in our late 30s like this can be changed but you guys have already decided we are This is the group we need, we need to forget about them because it's important. Like we actually do serve a role We're the link in between generations, the old and the new, and it is so frustrating, but we get to kind of lead the way with a lot of this mental health stuff Mm -hmm. because, because that's where we do get to do the stuff. And so we have to teach the, the olders. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's a nightmare yes it is <laughs> teaching
0: old people about technology and mental health is a pain <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> it really is the i mean the amount of eye rolling you're just like i i gave my parents actually i gave everyone in my family journals for christmas nice um so that's saying a message and my uh my dad <laughs> loves to draw so my mom's like Oh, you can, you can draw, you can draw in it instead. I don't know why she was talking to him like a child, but she was. And he looks at me and he was like, oh, so I can draw my feelings. So I can draw out my feelings. I was like, oh, there we uh, go. You got, you got go. it. Save it for the stage,
0: it. Mr. O'Malley.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so that's how I know he does know what I'm talking about. He's just yeah. not doing it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he it to mock you. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> that's
2: love
0: yeah absolutely the other the other thing that I love that she was talking about is it's like people pleasing is futile uh, I yeah. could I could say that a thousand times a day and I it would still only move the needle a little bit but yeah I just have this insane ability or or, or want rather not ability to be liked right it's it's so painful for me to not be liked <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, I don't like being not liked, but mm. I think I'm also at the point of my life where if you don't like me, I'm not changing. So mm. maybe this is just the personality thing that is for the best. And mm. I'm not changing who I am to to fit your wants and needs in life. Well, uh, that's
0: very refreshing to hear. Uh, yeah, yeah,
1: Yeah, I gave up. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to upset people. But also... Here's the thing. This is the obnoxious thing that's gonna come out of my mouth. Uh, I I usually wind up in roles of leadership, even if I don't want them. I it's because
0: you don't want them.
1: Yeah, I stand in the back and I hide, and then all of a sudden I'm in charge, and I'm like, I don't know how this happened again. I don't want it to. So I understand when you're in charge, you you can't make everybody happy, but you Mm got to do what's best for the overall
0: because you know what i feel like you have a gravity about you that like you're not like the loudest person in the room but like people feel like they can come and tell you things and so everyone then projects the leadership like that's exactly how it happens yeah you're a good listener
1: too much (laughs) yes i'm sure i got files on all of you in my head i ain't putting any of this on paper and if i did it probably would have gone up in flames in my old apartment so i think that works out for a lot of people
0: yeah yeah well yeah i think it's a good time to go to the third clip where terry talks about uh different behavior therapies and and her work with worry if you wish you were one of those thoughtful card people but don't have the time or energy, I don't know why I did bunny ears on that. Or maybe you had a personal assistant. I like to pretend sometimes when I'm running errands that I am my own person. I make up games in my head. I might be revealing too much about myself. But you don't need to pretend to be your own personal assistant, at least when it comes to cards, because the Cardist Studio is your personal assistant. Let's set up a situation. You think, oh, I should send them a card. But things get in the way, you're busy. All you'd have to do is jump onto thecardiststudio.com and tell them exactly what just popped in your head and and why, and you'll get credit for your thoughtfulness. Here's what they'll do with that information. They'll get your personalized message handwritten into the card and into the mail for you. And you don't have to save space in your brain for this character that you've created as a made up personal assistant. This bit is really getting off the rails. (laughs) It's fast, it's custom, and it's a total life changer. Hey, you are a thoughtful card person now. TheCardistStudio.com, thoughtful, just got easy. And you can use the promo code ANXIETYPOD for 10% off your orders. Tell me a little bit about uh, your book.
3: Oh, I would love to. So it is based on a particular kind of therapy called CBT which stands for Cognitive Behavioral Therapy, Mm -hmm. which is really excellent for anxiety disorders. And the focus Mm -hmm. of my book is on worry. You know, there's a lot of different aspects of anxiety. There's panic, there's OCD, there's trauma, but I'm really focusing on this book on worry, which is, you know, anticipation of future events. There's, um, There's so many different aspects of worry. It's actually a very broad condition. Mm-hmm. The book is intended for the younger set, so it's intended for young adults, college students, and teenagers. However, I think anyone can read it. Anyone can read it, you know, it is accessible and user friendly. And I even tried to include pop culture references. Nice. <laughs> yes, yes. There's some musical references in there, just a few rappers. with kind of some ruby references, things like that. It's really a book about worry and how to cope with it. And there is a journaling component, but that's not the entire book. The reason there is a component where you can journal is that I think it's really important to not keep worry to yourself, but to bunt about it, to get the thing out of your mind and onto paper.
0: Mm-hmm. Because I I mean, I would imagine then it's it's less... Yeah, there's something to that, right? There's, I mean, uh, listen to me. What a profound thought. There's something to this journaling, huh? Uh, but there's something to like alleviating the the worry building up in your mind, and and you're just like putting it. It's just like putting something on a shelf.
3: Absolutely, I have a few pages in my book that are devoted to brain dumps, and that comes from a strategy, a psychology that we refer to as worry time of what worry time is, it's making good appointment to worry, to set aside time to, you know, they say to yourself, I'm not going to think about this right now. I'm going to think about it later. And later, I'm going to be able to journal and dump and get it all out. And that's mm. cathartic. You know, to have the process of catharsis. it's really what makes therapy effective. It's, a, it's putting words and an experience, being able to talk about it or write about it. And you don't even need to be a good writer. I mean, we are uh, tweeting and DMing and texting and emailing. So you don't even need to be a writer to write about your thoughts and feelings.
0: Right. Absolutely. Because it's not, you know, you're not writing the the great American novel. You're just writing with the purpose of helping yourself, right? It's not. You, you, No one has to see it, right? It's, it's just, it's for you. So don't be too nervous. That's about what such you're writing. a
3: good point. I'm sorry, that's such a good point because yeah. the other thing about journaling that that it's that No one has to see it.
0: Yeah, not at all. I mean, there's a lot of people that make their money putting every aspect of their life out there on social media or, you know, you see on Medium or, or, or some people write blogs and vlogs, right? But that doesn't have to be you, right? You can keep it as private as you want.
3: True, And, you know, I think it's always good to express what's going on with you. And if you feel maybe you don't have someone to express that to, or someone's not going to get it, they're not going to understand, then it's good to have an outlet to express the things that are going on in a really safe and private and comfortable way.
0: Absolutely. Well, where can people uh, pick up your book?
3: Certainly online. I'm not able to recommend a particular retailer because I might I might be accused of bias, but um, <laughs> certainly in all of the online retailers, certainly Amazon and Barnes & Noble. But there's also some independent books sellers that are online, mm-hmm. which are fabulous. And in stores, my understanding is that it is in Barnes & Noble stores across the country. I don't know which ones, but it is at my local Barnes & Noble which is on 82nd Street, I'm sorry, Broadway, forgive me, Broadway, in the city. I was really excited to see my book there the other day.
0: That must have been, congratulations, that must have been so just earth-shattering, right, to see your work out there in the wild, so to speak. Yeah, that's great, congratulations. And isn't the Upper West Side, what was, was, uh, You've Got Mail with Fox Books, wasn't that, didn't that take place up there?
3: I think I, I love that movie so much. I think yeah. like, it's like out of business. And I don't remember a piece of seeds, but bookstores are coming back. Yeah. You know, we don't want them to go away. We like going to bookstores and really hope they kind of stay, stay in business.
0: Absolutely. It's just like uh, I like going to record stores, you know, it's just it's a cool experience, right? There may not be as many of them, but when you have that time, it's it's really fun.
3: Yes. And, you know, I think it's satisfying. I, I do admit, I read books on my phone. I would admit that. But I find it really satisfying to also have a paper book where you can turn mm. the pages. And, and my book, you can write if you want to. You don't have to. It's optional. But that's why, you know, it, it's available in Kindle format, but I recommend the paper format.
0: Awesome. Well, where can people find you on, on the internet, on, on, on social media?
3: I am on social media. But that, yes. I am um, most frequently on Instagram, Mm
0: -hmm.
3: and my handle is at Dr. Terry Becker, which is dr. so you can certainly find me on Instagram, and I believe it's linked to Facebook.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time. Is there, before I let you go, is there anything you think I'm missing related to anxiety surrounding? I mean, I'm sure... There's a lot, but yeah, if there's anything in particular you want to mention about your book or anxiety around setting boundaries or, or feeling anxious when you're not in control.
3: I just, I think would like to add that this topic is just so, so relatable. I know I said that before. And I think a lot of the anxiety comes out of our expectation You know, mm-hmm. Our expectations are this is going to go the way I expect it to go. And I think we all have to get comfortable being uncomfortable. You know, we yeah. have to adjust our expectations, put them more in line with reality. And it's not easy, you know, when you brought up this topic. I was thinking about trips I've been on, vacations, where I thought this is going to be amazing. And then I'm waiting and dying for an hour because this ride has broken down. hmm Yeah, not easy, you know, it's not an easy thing to do, but this is why having coping good and strategies could be so helpful.
0: Right, absolutely. Like the day isn't ruined, the trip isn't ruined, you know, we're still okay. Sometimes rides break and you don't want to be on the ride while it breaks. So it's better that they found it.
2: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Well, thank you so much for your time. Uh, I've really enjoyed this conversation and uh, we'll be talking soon.
3: Then good. Thank you so much.
0: Megan, like this this line from Terry puts everything together in in, in a nice package. It is important not to keep worry to yourself. Talk about it. Tell someone. Set your boundaries. I mean, it just what a through line. Like if we were going to make a bumper sticker of this conversation, don't keep worry to yourself. Let it out.
1: Yeah. Because if you're, you're not the only one who's having this concern, mm-hmm. that's the thing. We are unique, but our thoughts are had by many. So, so if this is something that you're worried about, yeah, open that conversation. And mm-hmm. you shouldn't have to carry that whole burden.
0: Right. Absolutely not. Yeah. It's that,
1: then you're being a martyr. And the question is, for what?
0: Right. There's no reason. Yeah. Not at all. Is this a
1: life or death situation? Or is this a situation where we could wait until the morning and we could all talk about it?
0: hmm Yeah. You know? Yeah. Have you ever set set aside worry time? No. Mm. Neither have I. It, I I've had a n- few I
1: never years. designated it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Terry put it as suggested. I, and I understand that like if it's on the calendar, you know, you've got to do it, right? And so it feels weird to do that but I could imagine it being helpful that like all right from 11:30 to 11:45 but like how do you bring it on <laughs> right if you're feeling good it's like why am I going to bring on invite this worry but I guess it's like practice
1: yeah but also feeling good is is a moment right mm-hmm. like you're not everything's not always good there's going to be moments of bad that happen so mm-hmm. so yeah. Even if you are good, you can still have worries of approaching it.
0: Right. Yeah, absolutely. Do you feel okay talking about the, the fire at your apartment? I mean, I kind of got nervous when you mentioned it before, but <laughs> I just want to ask if you yeah, are okay. I can, to...
1: I can talk a little bit.
0: Okay. Well, and, if it, I,
1: and if I can't talk about it, I'll just go skip.
0: Okay. Sounds good. Well, I just wanted to, to ask you, right? You, you know, you... Nothing could be as worrying as having an apartment fire for, for people who didn't know the listeners. Megan is, is coming off a apartment fire where you lost pretty much everything, including your two cats.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, so how did you handle that, you know, all of the bombardment of, of that uh, mentally?
1: Uh. Well, you know what? It was out of my control. Mm. And it was it wasn't done in person. Like, if this was an act of arson, then you'd just be like, I will venge you. Then I probably would have became John Wick, you know, and I'd be like, I am going to come after you for killing my cats. It was electrical wiring. It was, it was not malicious. And so that's when you just have to, I guess this is where you pivot and change. (laughs) Even though you don't like the situation, there's, what you? What can you do?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You have to. You do have to move on. You it can't is stay, yeah. yeah. Oh
0: man! But I'm so thrilled to see. I mean, it seems as though you're you're handling it, you know, very well given the circumstances. And yeah, I mean, yeah, if you awesome. saw me,
1: if you saw me out on the street, and you said for the first time, you're like, "Hey, how are you?" I'm probably gonna start crying. <laughs> mm-hmm. you know? And then I'm gonna go, "Oh, first time seeing you," and then everything will be fine.
0: Crying's okay. <laughs>
1: Oh, God. And it's New York. I, well, I mean, I'm in New York City, so crying is just part of the day. You know, <laughs> we all understand like New York City is crazy, but we are an organized crazy. Mm-hmm. As we understand somebody's got to cry on the on the train. you got to cry on the train. I'm, if so, I have a, if I have an extra tissue, I'm going to walk by. I'm going to hand you that tissue. I'm not going to make eye contact with nope. you. And I'm going to keep walking. And Mm -hmm. you are just, you're not even going to look at me. You're going to probably look at my shoes. And that's how you're going to remember me. But we (laughs) were able to respect each other.
0: Yeah, (laughs) that's great. So I'm curious, this I don't know how long ago the trip to Charleston, the bachelorette party was, but what would you do differently to make yourself a little bit more comfortable?
1: Well, you know what? I'm not drinking now. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I do think that that is also helping me it's like okay well i i'm very aware because i would say in the past if i was in a place where i didn't have a schedule or control that's when you just give in and you and you're just like well that's my party i'm supposed to be drinking this whole time and mm-hmm. then you go you give too much into the not control and then you're like now i have zero control
0: mm-hmm. right and you just awoken the inner demon, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, But that's
1: a me solution. I don't want to project that onto anybody else. Okay, so stop writing those angry emails that I'm telling you to stop (laughs) drinking. I've also had two concussions. Okay, listeners. It's not good for me. (laughs) Right?
0: (laughs) Well, that's great. That's all it's all good advice. Well, thank you so much for, for coming on and, and sharing your uh, mental health journey. Uh, I'm wondering if there's anything else you would want to mention or...
1: Well, actually, I do have... I recorded an album in May, a comedy nice. album, so that uh, which was two months before the fire, which is actually very fun to note because there's some fire safety that does come up in it. <laughs> but that should be coming out in November, and it's called Finding the Positive. Oh, so nice. there, there is a lot of health and wellness type stuff in there as well.
0: That's great. Where can people find it?
1: Hopefully, you'll be able to find it on iTunes, and I, I'm, I think maybe on Amazon. Okay. Yeah.
0: Well, I'll email you about that, and and we'll make sure we post yeah, the link.
1: This is self-producing at yeah. its best. Maybe <laughs> it's gonna be there. I know we have a product.
0: Yeah, that's great. I'm so happy to hear that. I can't wait to listen.
1: Yeah, I can't wait for you to listen as well
0: yeah that's great where did you where did you record it
1: oh, I recorded it at Super Secret Arts which oh, cool. is a, uh, a venue that does not exist anymore mm-hmm. so I got it I got the exclusivity <laughs> to it
0: awesome well thank you so much for your time I'm so happy to, to see how well you're doing and uh, I'll probably be bugging you again to come back on
1: yeah thank you keep bugging me it's always good to see you
0: all right, I, I I had a bunch of candidates for the things that were causing me anxiety this week, but before we get there, just want to thank Terry and and, and thank Megan. So, so it was really nice to talk to both of them, and and yeah, thank you for for your time. I want to remind you of my other podcast called Death Space, Filling the Void. Then there's the Buy Me a Coffee link. It's just a way to make a donation. It's in the link to do that is in the the description wherever you're uh, listening to this on. If you want to sign up for Instacart and get Home delivery of groceries. You can do so by clicking on the link in the description for Instacart. And and by doing it that way, it tells Instacart that this show sent you, which also helps support the show. Then there's My Software Tutor. If you want to take some classes on Excel and some other programs, they're offering the promo code POD20 for 20% off. And then the Carter Studio is offering the promo code ANXIETYPOD for 10% off your orders. So okay, weird thing that was causing me anxiety this week, few options. I got paint in my eye. That's a big one. Because <laughs> immediately, you know, it hurts. It just like my paintbrush just like flung off the fence and just got this wood stain in my eye. I flushed it immediately. It hurt a lot, but thankfully everything seems to be. I keep looking in the video here to see if there's redness, but it seems like we're uh, we're we'll live. Such toughness. You know, it's just so tough. (laughs) I also went to the dentist. I realized that I'm anxious about everything. The dentist is not one of those things. What a hero. What an absolute hero I am. (laughs) But okay, the other thing that was causing me anxiety is I was performing at Theater 99, downtown Charleston. It's an improv. It's so much fun. I recommend it. Um, If you live here or you're passing through, and on Friday there was... These two couples that were just nobody home, right? Hammered. And the people working there were please ask kept asking them to calm down or and and, and stop talking because they were just like you know, just unintelligible drunken nonsense. And it was disturbing the other people who paid there and were were having fun and and weren't blackout drunk. (laughs) But as so often drunk people do, they reacted poorly and threatened the staff there and the cops had to get called and it's scary just to hear the uh the screaming I and mean, you know you you never know these days you, you hear enough about mass shootings and not to take it to the dramatic level because it it didn't go there but your mind goes there right immediately you see an altercation and and you get nervous that that is a possibility but like i said that you know that didn't go that way. And and thank goodness. So, you know, maybe don't drink to that level and then go out. You know, it's probably, it's time to go home. Know when it's time to go home. (laughs) That that settles it right there. Oh, now it looks like my eye might have some redness. Uh, Ah, there you go. You got a twofer. Well, as always, thank you so much for listening. Have a great week and I'll talk to you on Thursday.